This is the beautiful game described by two ugly gentlemen. Glory to Columbus! Who are probably sitting at a soccer bar near you. McBride's in the box, a hard cross, McBride scores! It's 3-0, United States! Welcome to Bone and Bean United. Happy Soccer Podcast Day. What is up? I am Bone. And I am a stupid beam. And why Why did you say you were a stupid beam? Well, I have a, you know, we do a local show here outside of the podcast. And this morning, Soccer Podcast Day on Wednesday this yep. week. Yep. Um, yep. Just we're recording early. And in our preparation of the show, like I like to send you stuff, you send me some stuff, and we talk about like what makes the show and mm-hmm. all these things. And so we were having this great debate this morning. And again, Soccer Podcast Day, Wednesday, May 3rd this week. About, well, what are we going to do about the crew game? They have a U.S. Open Cup fixture tonight against Loudoun. Uh, maybe, you know, I can come back in. Maybe I'll bring the sun in. Then we can record like a 13-minute, you know, segment. We were thinking about- we would record the rest of the podcast today, but leave that until after the U.S. Open Cup game. And I just, I hadn't looked at the schedule. I was like, yeah, it sounds right. They're probably playing tonight. I don't know. So I- I'm stupid. And then I'm tasked with the dumbest thing ever, which is creating our fan poll every day, which yep. I hate and somehow... <laughs> I did it for many a years, and then it was great. It was pawned off on some other idiot that works here. Mm-hmm. And then, for some reason, since we're the first show in the morning, I got it pawned back on me. Uh-huh. And I'm like, all yeah. right, well, what's how far do you think the crew are going to make it in the U.S. Open Cup? Are they, you know, round of 16, round of eight, semifinals, finals, or they lose tonight against Loudoun United. The good news is that they can't lose tonight because they don't play they until don't play next until week. Until next week. Which was news to me because I'm like I'm the whole week I've gone thinking that the crew are playing midweek Wednesday. Yeah, you just saw Loudon. Wednesday on the schedule and yeah. thought they must be playing this Wednesday. Yep. Yeah, so well, I'm stupid. Hey, you know what? We've all been there. I've done that plenty of times. If you listen to this podcast, you know how dumb I can be. So uh, it's good to hear We're you. We're both very once. dumb. Well, that's why we got into radio, my yep. friend. That's what keeps us here. Uh, in either case, yeah. So we'll talk a little bit of crew today on the podcast. Plenty of Premier League discussion. Chelsea fans, how are you doing? Mm. Oh boy, this is this is not great. Uh, we have a big Sam update. Big Sam is coming Your to guy. save another another Your team guy. for many reasons. He's saved many a team that I've cool rooted for over the years. Two point whatever million pounds. Yep, that's right. Easy easy money if you can get it. Uh, there's some news about both Cristiano Ronaldo and Lionel Messi, so we'll get into that. And uh, FIFA continues to be FIFA when it comes to women's sports. We'll get into all that and more coming up. Uh, but Beam, I know other than the uh, the crew thing, how, how's your week been? So far, so good with the little one? Are yeah. you getting some sleep? Yeah, how's that it's going? it's been pretty good, man. I mean, he's given us consistently usually around four and a half to five and a half hours, like in his big sleep window. Um, so that's been pretty nice. And Meredith goes to bed with him probably around like our last, her last feed's like 830 for him. Uh, and then she usually, you know, crashes out like 9.15, 9 9.30. I'll come up to bed around 10 just to make sure that everything's all right, uh, like a half hour after he's sleeping. So everything's pretty solid. We've been introducing him to music like a little bit more. And uh, yesterday we actually did, and we've spawned, or I guess spanned many of genres Okay. so far. Uh, a couple of days ago it was like Sublime and Red Hot Chili Peppers and even threw like Wolf Mother in there Yeah. Uh, randomly. And then yesterday it was FIFA soundtrack. So it was like <laughs> a bunch of alternative hits. Very good. He is a big fan. The official song of diaper change time in our house is Kanan Waving Flag. Okay. So because nice. really, anytime he hears that, like he can be throwing a fit or crying. Anytime he kind of hears that, like his eyes kind of brighten up oh. and he's like, oh, it's a good 
good song. So anytime like I'm picking them up to go change them, you know, put them on the changing table. Yeah. That's the song. That's the song of choice for our house. There we go. And I also like that song too. So Beautiful. it works out for both parties. I uh have you gotten them into metal yet? Gonna go down that road? It's next week. Okay. Because I have I have suggestions. If he needs metal suggestions, I uh I went to a show on Sunday night down in Cincinnati, which going to Cincinnati these days now, like I always liked going to Cincinnati. It's a nice town, but now everywhere you go, it's stupid FC since like I went to Rheingeist, which is a lovely spot. It's a great, great place. Wonderful, yeah, wonderful bar, wonderful beer, mm-hmm. Did all you that's go to great. The rooftop. Yeah, yeah, oh, went sweet. there. They have a local cantina up there now, which mm-hmm. is nice. It's great. And then of course they got FC Cincinnati crap everywhere, and I'm just like, ah, that's right. It's their team. I know it's their team. It just sucks. I don't like. But we went to Bogarts and watched like three metal bands, and one of the metal bands is from Scotland. Bleed from within. Great, fantastic. Great golfers, they dude. Are. These guys. So I wore my, I knew they were from Scotland. So I actually was thinking if I did get to talk to any of them, I was planning on wearing a Sunderland shirt anyway, because my buddy I was going with, he's a big Sunderland guy. And so we were you know, going to talk Sunderland. I thought I'd wear my Sunderland jerseys, show solidarity. Didn't want to wear a band t-shirt to the concert, but I thought, oh, this Scottish band, Sunderland's about as close as you're going to get of an English Premier League team and Newcastle mm-hmm. up to, you know, Scotland without, you know, getting into the whole they're from Glasgow, so it's it's Rangers Celtic. Sure. I didn't want to get into that. Well, yeah, you don't know which side they're on, so right. don't want to offend anybody. But I go to the merch table, and sure enough, one of the guys in the band is there, and I said, because they, at the at the show, they wore, like, a Burrow jersey and a Jamar Chase jersey, and they were all like, hey, Bengals fans. They were, like, playing to the crowd. And I said, well, since you guys wore your Bengals stuff to appeal to the Ohio people, I thought I'd wear something that might remind <laughs> you of home. And they are like, oh, Sunderland. And they were like, oh, my gosh, how do you have that? So then we... Had a little conversation. Poor sick man, you. Oh, yeah, I know. But we're still in it. Still there. What's the update? I know we're at decision day, aren't we? Uh yeah. So they've they've got uh they are they are all tied with Millwall. We can't let Millwall up. No. No. Millwall Millwall is no one likes us, we don't care. And and you're they're right. No one likes them and we don't care if they make it. But there's like three teams, three or four teams, all right there with the same points total. All right, so you're all on 45 played. Um, Burnley and Sheffield are going to get promoted, and then the playoff right now: Luton Town, who which we'll talk about, mm-hmm. Middlesbrough, which are already safe. They're safe into the into playoff. The, into the playoff. Yeah. and you're right. There's Jesus. Yeah, it's four, like Blackburn, five, six, seven, eight, nine, all the way up to nine. Blackburn and West Brom are on 66 points, tied with Sunderland, mm-hmm. Millwall, and, and Coventry. I guess Coventry, I would assume that Coventry is safe. So, I mean, it's yeah. a four-team playoff to get into the playoff. Basically, basically yeah, weekend. it's it's this weekend. It's all to play for. It's it's going to be a lot of fun. But uh, And by fun, I mean nerve-wracking. But honestly, if they don't get promoted this year, that's fine. I just need them to not get relegated this year, which yeah. is already <laughs> guaranteed. So that's great. So then now next year is, is hopefully building if they can't make it into this playoff. But if they get into the playoff, that'd be amazing. So decision Incredible. day for them is Monday. I think that's right. Yeah, yeah, it's a decision day on a Monday. Interesting. Yeah. 10 a.m. Is that the last game? Is that Are we positive on that? Um, well, I mean, they have 45 matches played, and there's 24 well, teams. That's the right. Week. Yeah, you're right. Math. Well, no, that's 48. What are you talking about? No, you're right. <laughs> you're confi- you were confused. You're right. You're right. You're right. I'm sorry. 23 times 2 is 46. <laughs> you're the one married to the math major. That's right. <laughs> I don't probably, do any math. Well, it probably seeps in. All right. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, by the way, in that race, Lutontown you mentioned, yeah. we talked about their grounds. What's it like? It's like Keelhouse or something I like that. Know. I forget the what it's called. Keelhouse, yeah. Whatever it's called, it it holds like ten thousand people. It's I wanted, awesome. I wanted to check this out because if they do get promoted, 
that ground is going to be a Premier League ground Kenil for Worth. next year. Keneal Worth. Okay, whatever. I was way off. Yeah. But uh, it only holds like 10,000 people. Yeah. They have said that if they get promoted, they are going to have to do $10 million worth of improvements. And I don't know if you're familiar with how this works. The season would be over now or, well, when they have the playoff, there will be a few more games, right? But if they do get promoted through the playoff, they'll have essentially two months, three months to get $10 million worth of work done to the stadium to get it ready for the Premier League. Don't think that's happening. They have to. They said if they get promoted to the Premier League, they will have to do $10 million worth of improvements. There's no way they're going to get their new stadium built. They've wanted to build that since like 19 or since 2019. So Luton Town have been looking for a new ground since 1955 when club chairman Percy <laughs> Mitchell spoke of building a stadium to hold 35,000 in comfort and got a lot of support, which goes to London at the moment. However, due to unstable finances and an ability to find a site, no ground was built. Well, they and have then, they have grounds now. They have a site that they want to build on. It's like a mile away. But the it, football league refused Luton permission to move to Milton Keynes in 2000. Oh, saying that a member club was not allowed to leave its hometown. Wimbledon so was granted permission Wimbledon. to re- relocate there in 2002. If you're not familiar, MK Dons, Milton Keynes yeah. Dons, that that is the uh, team that used to be Wimbledon AFC. Yeah. And they they moved that team. And I remember because I think Wimbledon now has a team again. They do. And yeah. they if I'm not wrong, they got into the same league as MK Dons a few years ago and beat them. But I remember during Save the Crew, they put a little story in Wimbledon did in their program about the crew and Save the Crew efforts and all that. And they said, hey, Wimbledon fans, we know about this, right? Because saw that happen. So, yeah. Anyway, amazing little turns of history there. All these different teams all intertwined over in England. Just Google Luton Town Stadium. <laughs> That's right. Just I mean, imagine Erling, it. imagine Erling Holland walking into that stadium. It's Bone, 10, the entrance is like in a flat complex, like yeah. literally just off the side of a busy right. street. It's not. Yeah, this is this is like a, <laughs> it's built into there, a neighborhood. There are high school stadiums in Columbus that are more yes. elaborate than yes. this building. And that's going to now host Premier League games. That's maybe, un- maybe, maybe, maybe it's not maybe. guaranteed yet. I hope I hope it doesn't happen. I hope Sunderland is hosting at Stadium Light. By the way, Stadium Light. Perfectly suited for Premier League Gigantic. games. Yeah, it's like 50,000 seats, so let's go. Uh, anyway, that's enough about Luton Town. Let's talk about the crew. Another loss here this past weekend. Not great. Inter-Miami. They stink. Well, the crew don't stink, right? I mean, they are not scoring goals at the level that they need to. Yeah. I, here's what I am torn between. Because a few weeks ago, we were like, oh, my God, they've got it sorted. It's all fixed. They know how to play. I'm just living great. and dying by week to week. Okay. That's what I'm going to do. That's good. Well, I will say this long season, like we talk about the thing that I found interesting was I saw quite a few MLS people pointing out how the crew's style of play is so attractive and smart and how, you know, I mean, if you watch the crew, they do this, they draw teams to them. They are, they'll stand there with on the back line and just wait for you to come up to them and then they'll pass out of it and kind of break you down. But what tends to still be the problem is getting it through the final third and getting quality chances. Mm-hmm. For the life of me, I don't understand why Lucas Elrayon is still taking corner kicks at this point. Like, that's not for him. Let someone else. Let, we, we, Matan is perfectly capable of doing that. Put him at the edge of the box. Let him do it. And, yeah, let Zellerayon and Cucho be working out stuff with the ball coming into the box. Have two guys at that level who can, you know, make you pay from that distance. You know, right. if the ball bounces out and asking them Lucas to- gets it on, on the bounce at the eighteen. I don't think any MLS teams are going to be thrilled about that. I'm not asking them to mix it up, you know, in the great mixture in front of net. 
No, but yeah. run stuff to get someone, you know, bounced off of him and suddenly he pops free at the six or the 18 and, and see what happens, right? And then Cucho's there to kind of pounce on a loose ball or maybe he can win some headers. He's good in the air. But, yeah, I, that there's still some things to work out. I am just saying I do think that they are getting the style of play down more and it's just going to be a matter of time before that final piece clicks in. Don't forget with Montreal, it took them like almost – an entire season to figure out how to play for Wilfried Nancy. And then it went great. So I think, I think progress takes a while. Yeah. I think it'll be nice to have a little break here, get some time to just refocus, look at some film, get things right. And then hopefully they start off a little better foot the next time they step out there next Wednesday, like you said, against, uh, not this Wednesday, not this, not today, not the day we're recording the podcast on, which by the time you're listening, to this will be in the past of Wednesday. Anyway. Yeah. So they've got that one against Loudon, not Luton, not Luton Town, different, Loudon, Loudon City LTs. or whatever it is. Yeah, who cares? By the way, uh, one of our sales guys uh, texted me when we were talking about Loudon on the show, and he said the head coach of Loudon was his roommate at Ohio Wesleyan. He's the son of Ohio's Wesleyan's men's soccer coach. Oh, well, that's so cool. there's a little time. Yeah, they're the uh, DC United uh, second team reserve yeah. team, I believe. So that's who you're. So you can't you can't lose to DC United's crew too. No, that would be abysmal. Won't do that. Um, but that game is at home, correct? They're hosting that, I think, next Loudon week. Loudon is hosting it. Yeah. Oh, Loudon's hosting yes. it. Oh, I thought we were hosting. No. Oh, see, I have no info. That's good. All right. Well, anyway, go get two, go get three points on the road, make them pay, knock them out, and then we uh, move forward from there. Uh, and then hopefully when they play Orlando coming up on the 13th, that'll be a fun night. That's the On Our Sleeves game. Good. I also saw, their, which is always a great cause, Children's Hospital, Mental Health, we support that. And also, that's I believe they're going to do a uh, drone light show after the game. So, yeah, that's that's a fun one. May have to get the kids out to that one. I'm all in for that. that Can I drive great. one? A drone? Fly one? Well, I mean, there these ones are the ones I think where they have a program and they just all move. There's like going to be hundreds of them can flying I, together. Can I program them? Sure. What would it say if you programmed it? Wouldn't you like to know? <laughs> I don't know if it can spell out. Wouldn't you like to know? That's a lot of words for those drones. I don't know what to say. All right. So uh, we'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk a little bit of Premier League here. Uh, Chelsea fans, it's not going well for you lately. We'll discuss just how awful they've been. And uh, more of that coming up next. You're listening to Bone and Beam United. Welcome back to Bone and Beam United. Of course, you can uh, follow us on Twitter at Bone Beam United. I, po- I posted this from the uh, Bone and Beam United account, which, of course, you should follow. It said, uh, Chelsea fans, how are you feeling after they got drubbed by Arsenal? Which After Ars- they've been getting drubbed for six games in a row. Now, I watched a good amount of this match yesterday. Uh, they have not lost six consecutive games. Chelsea. 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 This is Chelsea, not Yeah, ours. yeah, yeah. They have not lost six consecutive games since 1993. <sighs> it's been 30 years oh my. since they have done this. And they aren't just losing games. They're getting hammered. They aren't scoring goals. They aren't being competitive. No. They're, I mean, I, we joked around about this. Like, I feel like, it, when was this, January or February? Like, oh, my God, Todd Bailey, look how much money he's spending. Like, are they going to challenge for top four? Like, ah, I don't know. Maybe if they get it turned around. Bone. They can't score. They can't, dude. They can't do anything. They dude. look they look like a League Two team playing up in the Premier League. Well, if there was another 10 games in this season, instead of there being four, there is a 
thousand percent realistic shot that they would get relegated. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that uh, our guys with the Nottingham Forest FC uh, supporters group here in Ohio. I need to get over there. They do it at Combustion, which is close to my yes. house in Clintonville. And they I feel they invite us all the time. We it just go. hasn't worked out. Maybe we'll go to watch them uh, play Chelsea. Because here's what he they tweeted us and said, things could get dicey for Chelsea when Forrest beats them given their last three games after us, <laughs> which is just <laughs> that's right. Awesome. That's, the, that's, the, that's the chatter. That's what we want to see. That's great. That's where Nottingham Forest is feeling the most confident they felt in a month. Yeah. Going up against Chelsea, saying, boy, this should. is a win for us. Dude, I saw this tweet from Sky Sports. This is just, okay, to your point about Chelsea not being able to score, did you see the the number of touches that Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang had in this game? It's the first time he started in a long time for them, but no, read me the stat. Um, He had nine touches in the game. Not nine, like, you know, dangerous, dangerous attacking. attacking yeah. No, nine <laughs> oh total touches versus Arsenal. However, four of those nine were from kickoff. Like on the kickoff, when you pass it back and forth a couple times and then. So at the start of the game the and then three others, Ridiculous. three others, three others, well, after five, their five others, but whatever. Yeah. It four from kickoff and then five <laughs> other times he touched the ball. That's just. That's brutal, man. I can't wait to hear what Todd Bailey had to say. Oh, Frank I didn't Lampard. see it yet. I no, I, I it. haven't either. I have I haven't heard what he said to him. But by the way, Chelsea's uh, final four as Nottingham Forest FC's uh, supporters group here in Ohio referenced. They host Forest, then it's City away, <laughs> United away, Newcastle at home. Oh my god! To, I mean, dude, like it's, oh my god, they're gonna get destroyed. Now they're not going to get relegated. They'll probably draw United, but <laughs> the way I mean, if they lost to Forest, it wouldn't shock me. Just because they've been Forest has everything to play for, and Chelsea's just trying to like salvage some face. They're not going to. They're not going to get relegated, but also it's they not. Might, math- they might. They have a possibility. It it's is not, not out mathematically of the world of impossible of them to get relegated. Right now, but- you would need Nottingham Forest to get up to thirty-nine points. Yeah, you would need Leeds. Leicester, West Ham Wolves, and Burnmouth to also get above them. But at the minute, I, it's, it's not out of the realm of shockingly, possibility. shockingly bad for Chelsea. It's it's one of the worst failures as far as when you when you factor in the spend. Like oh, when you factor take, in the spend, that, it's, it's the worst. It's, it's, yeah, it's got to be the worst failure in sports. Well, it's got to be at least the worst Premier League season for any team that has spent. The, like when you factor in the spend, it's got to be the worst Premier League season for any team <laughs> since the Premier League started like 30 years ago. $660 million since July. It's it's unreal. They the scored one goal, one league goal in the month of April. Dude. Okay. Here are, this is just again, ESPN FC had this stat. I'm going to give these to you. I don't have all the teams. It doesn't matter. Um, Frank Lampard's last 20 matches as a manager, which of course not all these were with Chelsea, right? But here's just how Frank Lampard's time has been as a manager uh, in his last few stints. Lost three to one yesterday. Lost two nothing. Lost two nothing. Lost two one. Lost two zero. Lost one zero. Lost two zero. Lost two one. Lost three one. Lost four one. One one draw. Lost two to one. Lost three to nothing. Lost four to one. Lost two to nothing. Zero zero draw. One three to nothing. That was not with Chelsea. I don't remember. Or maybe it was in the previous stint in i don't his know past life yeah lost one nothing lost two nothing lost two to one one win out of his last 20 matches as a manager and again that's not all this current season obviously but 
Good God. It's like, it's bad all around. Bad for him. Bad for Chelsea. You've got a legend of your your organization who is now basically the face of even more of this embarrassment, but it's not all his fault. Clearly it's just they're They are embarrassing. They are a hundred percent embarrassing. And if you're a Chelsea fan, I can't believe I'm saying this. I feel sorry for you. Where do you go? I mean, you've already thrown 660 mil. Well, yeah. like, do you think spending more money is going to help? No, it can't possibly. I mean, the only thing you can go do now is spend a ridiculous amount of money on a manager. Yeah. And then yeah. the manager's going to come in and say, I hate half these players, and you're going to spend more money there. And then but you're going to sell them for less than what you paid for. Yeah, but at least maybe, maybe that is, that it's that sunk call, this, what do they call it? The sunk, sunk cost, cost fallacy, yeah. right? Where you say, we can't just keep putting the same crap out there. But uh, go ask Barcelona how that goes mm-hmm. when you just keep spending. Now, at least in Barcelona's defense, they were spending a lot of money and then getting into Champions League, and you know they had Lionel Messi, and they were doing good things, but just going into massive amounts of debt. Todd Bailey can, I'm sure quite a, he can afford a couple years like this. He can't afford this for 20 years. Yeah, it's the same I thing mean, that happened with the United ownership group, right? I mean, it's, yeah. you throw money at the problem and, and then, then it just, and then, and then, it, then it doesn't a, work out. Then it becomes a money pit yeah. until someone it's, it's going to take someone to be ingenious with the roster, a manager who can unlock some guys who are just, you're stuck with. That's what it's going to have to take. And again, how do you get that manager? Either you get super lucky with a cheap manager or you spend a lot of money again to get a brand new manager who can maybe turn this thing around. But uh, you know who they should talk to is a guy who has a history of turning things around. Uh, Sam Allardyce, is he? Oh, he's not available. Oh, he's off the market. He's not. He's no longer a free agent. Why don't you tell me where he's going? He's going to Leeds, baby. Leeds, America. Major Leeds soccer is getting led by Sam. Sam. Yeah, well. Because uh, I don't know if you've seen, but uh, Leeds has also had some issues of late with getting wins and scoring goals. Uh, They are now, after the fan, what is this? The Supporters Council voted uh, a vote of no confidence in uh, Javi Garcia as manager. They have decided Leeds have to appoint Sam Allardyce with four games remaining (laughs) to try to stave off relegation. (laughs) Yeah, so... You might remember Garcia replaced Jesse Marsh on February 21st. Um, now, he has been dismissed on Sunday following a five-match winless run, which, of course, culminated with a 4-1 defeat at Burnmouth. Uh, that run, that by the bad. way, that that's bad. bad. They lost to Palace 5-1. to one. They lost to Liverpool 6-1, to one. Uh, 17th in the Premier League. Level on points with old Nottingham Forest, as we just talked about. Nottingham Forest are technically in the spot right now for relegation. So Leeds, lots of work to do. Hopefully you all pass Chelsea because that would be quite a throw. Oh, you have to look. I mean, the bottom of this table, too, is crazy because you had Leicester and Everton play to a 2-2 draw the other day. Like, that was a crazy game. So those they're fighting it out. And, like, West Ham still in relegation zone. And, again, like, Wolves, I think, did themselves service. They're at 37. I can't see them getting jumped over. Wouldn't think. But those are some... Big dog. <laughs> You're yeah. talking about Lester, who won the league a few yeah. years ago. Yeah. West Ham, who also I mean, big, big, has, massive has, club. Yeah. And then Everton has not not clearly won yeah. the league, but Everton clearly thinks of themselves as more of like a top ten team than a bottom ten team, let alone a relegation candidate. So, yeah, it's it's rough times there for a lot of teams in the Premier League that are not figuring it out. Uh, Manchester City figuring it out just fine. They're just fine. They're, they're yeah, they're fine. Although, hey, Arsenal back in the lead with. 
two games over, they have two more games than Manchester City that they've For played. For now. Yeah, it's it's not going to last, we wouldn't think. But we'll see. Uh, next up, we'll talk about Cristiano Ronaldo and Lionel Messi both making news this week. We'll discuss it next. You're listening to Bone Beam United. What a moment! Now back to Bone and Beam United. Welcome back to Bone and Beam United. Of course, you can follow us. If you're listening on the radio, this is a podcast we do every week. You get this podcast delivered to your podcast player wherever you get podcasts. Just search Bone and Beam United, hit subscribe or follow or whatever your app says to do, and then you'll get this every week. You'll get it before it goes on the radio. How about that? And if you're really a podcast listener, when we don't convert our podcasts into radio shows during the cruise season... You're in for store for a lot of not safe for work things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we uh, we tone down the language when we know we're going to be on the radio and they're going to put this on there. But I do have a mental like juxtaposition though, like when we're doing this, doing the podcast version of the show. Yes, because there are so many times I'm like, I want to say this, but I know I can't say this. Yep. But if we were doing it at the other portion of the year where we don't air this, I would definitely say this. I, yep, a hundred percent agreed. So uh, yeah, you we we uh, we like to have the fully leaded version. Yeah. Uh, available for you on the podcast feed, especially when we're not on the radio. But we're on the radio. We we keep it toned down. So I guess subscribing to the podcast is more like our OnlyFans. So if you yes, except without the extravagant cost, which is more, which is just bankrupt. You're getting the Instagram version right now. Is what you're getting. You're not getting the uh, click the link to subscribe. (laughs) That's right. Uh, So Cristiano Ronaldo, he has been snubbed by uh, one of the English outfits, apparently. Uh, that he's never going to play for, obviously, but a non-league side, Bromley, yes, turned down the chance to sign Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh, they had a little post that they made saying, because uh, apparently there were reports of him wanting to leave Al Nasser. Who could have ever seen that coming? Right. That's the bigger story, which we'll get to. But uh, so Vanarama, the sponsors of the non of a non-league game that was being played, tweeted a mocked-up image of him wearing a Bromley shirt with the caption, it's not too late if you want to play in white next season, uh, and tweeted at him. Bromley said, nah, you're all right. <laughs> you're okay over there. No, thanks. We don't We don't want him. So are you, Beamer, obviously you're not shocked that he's uh, not enjoying he's his time the there. He's most egotistical man on the planet. No, I'm not shocked. But, it, well, that's the thing that I, I didn't understand when he made this move. It's like this is a move clearly to get extra money. Yeah. Not that he needs it, but it's 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 the ego thing of they're going to pay me $200 million basically for one season or two seasons of mm-hmm. soccer, which is a ridiculous amount. No one else is going to give him. So I could see the ego there, but then the ego also would then creep up when it's like, why is no one talking about me? Why is no one paying attention to me? Because you're playing in a league no one watches. That's why. I do think it's funny when like ESPN FC or like Sky Sports tweets out like, Cristiano Ronaldo did this. I'm like, I really could care less. Well, yeah. I mean, and again, I know some people feel that way, like about Major League Soccer, I'm sure, over in Europe. They'll feel that way if Lionel Messi goes over to MLS. But I don't even think If that's... Cristiano Ronaldo was playing for Miami and did that against uh, San Jose, I would yeah. have the same feeling as he's playing for Al Nasser in Saudi Arabia. Like, I, I, there, okay. would, there will be people for sure that would feel that way. And also, I feel like you you know what you're doing when you're entering into one of those leagues. Now, obviously, I pay more attention to Major League Soccer because that's in this country. And I do think a United States-based sports league is going to have more eyeballs on it and the potential for more eyeballs than, like, a team in the Middle East just because you don't see as much of that on, you know, U.S. television. And in Europe, I don't know how much it's watched, right? But I'm sure it got more eyeballs because of Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah, no doubt. Either way, 
if your ego says, I must be seen at all times, I must be in front of the camera, well, you're in front of the, You're the centerpiece of that league. That's what you wanted. You're getting paid more money than anyone, but you're not relevant to the world soccer game right now. No, I don't I don't know how to slice that any other way for him. No, of course he's not. And I just, the whole split with Manchester United as we dove into last summer, I don't see how a team who is a, you know, a big team, like a Real Madrid or a Barcelona or a PSG or name your random Premier League club. Like one, there's only a handful of teams that I feel like Cristiano Ronaldo would want to play for. But two, you saw the split with United. Like, why would I want to sign you? Why would I why would I want Cristiano Ronaldo on my team? Sure, he can give you goals and everything, but you're not the same player that you were five, six years ago when you were ripping off Champions Leagues left and right with Real Madrid. By the way, look at the team around you. Not to say that uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, the best, one of the best soccer players to ever walk planet Earth. I'm not arguing that. But with everything that went on last year, why like the negatives severely outweigh the positives. And even I think the, it was the the president of Real Madrid said, like, listen, if you want to come back to Real Madrid, like this is great. Fiorentino Perez is his name that if you want to come back to Real Madrid, like, fine, we're happy to have you in an advisor role. We have no. They don't have any delusions. We don't have, and you're one anymore. of the greatest players to ever play for one of the yeah. greatest organizations ever. And we have no interest in you being a player. If you want to come back for an advisor, like, oh, great, we'll pay you the money and we can roll you out as some sort of like figurehead and do this and you can pump up the crowds and you know like do that but we don't want to sign you as a player again and i and you know what i'm not trying to defend cristiano ronaldo he doesn't need defended but i would just say like i do understand why like if you go look at some of the stuff that's happened right he's been yelling at every coach that he's playing with right now uh his team lost one of the domestic uh tournaments Mm -hmm. it's not the main league but they're also now second in the domestic league. They're not first, which, of course, you pay. You sign Cristiano Ronaldo, you're expecting to you're win expecting every to win. Yeah, especially in a league like that. Um, there was also a thing where I guess he did an obscene gesture as he was walking off the field, and some of the people there are saying, hey, uh, that's technically a crime here, which that's a whole other discussion, right? But in, in certain countries, there's different laws you have to abide of by course. if you're going to go take the money and go play there. And there were people saying you should be deported over this obscene gesture. And a you know a lawyer was saying this is a thing that some people have been deported over. It's it is a crime. I mean, it's it's a lot of stress for him. But I do equate it to I wouldn't be shocked if like a big again, Aerosmith's just going on their farewell tour, right? Mm-hmm. But if like you saw Aerosmith at the Ohio State Fair, I wouldn't be shocked if there was some issues for Aerosmith when they show up and it's like now that you're playing for 5,000 people not an arena yeah. you're playing at the state fair you're, or a county fair or something like that yeah. some of these bands that do that I'm not shocked when they act like divas in those situations because they're used to playing football stadiums and hearing everyone mm-hmm. talk about how great they are for 30 years or whatever and suddenly that's gone away guys like Cristiano Ronaldo clearly don't know how to process that's that that's a tough thing to handle and they also can't handle the fact right. that that time is ending so now they want to keep the glory going but they, to do it, have to go to smaller and smaller venues to seek out glory days. Mm-hmm. And then that's going to lead to you're not in a Premier League spot. You're not getting the same media coverage. Not getting, And that eventually just comes to a head, which Pierce it clearly Morgan is. isn't knocking down your door for an interview anymore. Right. No one wants to talk to you. And it's understandable. But that's what the money's for, to quote <laughs> Mad Men. Like, yeah. that's why they paid you 173 million pounds right. per year. <laughs> it's for that hassle. That's why they paid you that. They know it's not worth your time normally when you're a club legend at all these different clubs he's played for, but that's what you did. You chose to go there. And then 
you also had Lionel Messi making a trip to Saudi Arabia and PSG suspending him for two weeks without pay, which basically ends his PSG career. Yeah. Like he's done. He's done and probably not re-signing there. I would, I, I would I assume would I would assume he's, he did. I mean, I would yeah, even if he doesn't come to MLS, he's not gonna play there. But maybe he's gonna reprise, maybe he's gonna join Cristiano Ronaldo in Saudi Arabia. They're great. just <laughs> I could definitely not watch that together. Oh with them, the no, two of them. No. Put them both on the same team. Let's go. Put Let's them. Actually, it. here's an idea. Put them both on Inter Miami and have the Haslam's pay a portion of their signing fee so that they <laughs> can play you. Oh uh, yeah, because the crew aren't selling out games without Messi. That by the way, the crew sellouts great. Good to hear. Fantastic <laughs> team, news. Team, teams performance. Eh. No, no, but the sellouts good. The team's there. The fans are there. Yes. So we don't need. Lionel Messi to come over here and drum up fan support in Columbus. Maybe other towns do, but not here. We don't need that. All right, we'll come back. We'll talk about why FIFA is still FIFA, which means awful. We'll get to that next. It's Bone and Beam United. Welcome back to Bone and Beam United. Of course, you can follow us on Twitter at Bone Beam United, and hopefully you're enjoying a lovely weekend of soccer like we both are planning to. Hopefully you're doing the same. Uh, let's talk about the Women's World Cup a little bit. Yep. News from FIFA. Of course, this is coming up in a, in a couple months. We're, we're not far away from it. Gianni Infantino, the president of FIFA. Oh, can't stand him. Uh, he, he was complaining about the disappointing, to use his word, offers for the television rights from the big five European countries, Britain, Spain, Italy, Germany, and France. He said they were not acceptable to football's world governing body and a quote slap in the face of the players and also quote all women worldwide. Okay. So he said to be very clear, it is our moral and legal obligation not to undersell the FIFA women's world cup. Therefore, should the offers continue not to be fair, we will be forced not to broadcast the world the women's world cup to the big five European countries. This, of course, this world cup will be in Australia, New Zealand starts July 20th. He said the offers were only between a million and 10 million U.S. for the rights compared to 100 million or 200 million for the rights to the Men's World Cup. I just want to say, remember who said this. Yes. It's Yanni Infantino. Yes. The guy who also said the World Cup in Qatar is the World Cup of Peace and we're just going to put everything <laughs> behind us. Right. And when you parlay this off of EA Sports and FIFA have been together for forever making the video game. Yep. They also dropped EA because they said, well, you're not paying enough, paying us enough money. Oh yeah. So, so that's, I mean like a lifetime partnership, like the, since I've been alive and playing FIFA, like it's always been an EA game. And now EA is coming out with just EA football club, which is going to be their own version of FIFA without actually calling it FIFA. That's going to be this upcoming year. Yeah. So just remember when he speaks, who is speaking? Yeah. Now, again, yeah. some of this might be true. And again, it's like Yanni against big TV executives. Well, which here's uh, here's I'm reminded of that meme on the Internet of the worst person, you know, makes an actually good point. Yeah. Like that's that's there is a chance that this is happening yeah. and that these organizations are looking at the Women's World Cup and saying it's not worth as much as the men. And we're going to get together and we're going to keep the price down. Yeah. Um. Uh, to be clear, if you didn't, this is, again, a FIFA number. They say that over a billion people watched the Women's World Cup, all combined, all told. Maybe that's counting every time everybody watched and adding it all up. I don't know exactly how they got their numbers, but they said a billion people watched the Women's World Cup uh, four years ago. Great. So that clearly means it's worth more than a million dollars for right. the entire rights to a country to yeah. broadcast this. That's all well and good if that's what's happening. The other side of that, though, is, again, 
FIFA is saying, we have a moral obligation to seek more money and we are willing to hold the Women's World Cup hostage <laughs> yeah. in order to get the paycheck we think it deserves. And to act like that is something that we deserve to do for all the women in the world, all the women in the world are getting the money from this unless I miss something. You're getting the money from Oh, it. they get the money from the federations, and the federations have already had ongoing contract disputes, a la Canada, with their women's team. Yeah. Right? Right. I mean... And I, I guess it makes sense because, the I mean, the trickle-down effect, right? More money for FIFA means more money for the federations, which in turn, in theory, means in more... Theory. more. I, yes, and I want to say in theory very boldly. In theory, the FIFA gets $100 million dollars. There's 10 teams playing, you know, that those teams get split apart between 50 and then it goes down to the players and so on and so forth. But I don't know how the actual split works. Yeah. But with sure. the track record yeah. of being very pristine and clean from FIFA and everything above board, I have a, and I maybe call me stupid and an idiot, but I have a tendency to think Yanni Infantino is holding ransom over the Women's World Cup to make more dollars. Sure. I, well, here's, and again, here's where both things can be true, right? I'm going to guess that the Women's World Cup for years by FIFA was sold very low cost. Sure. Because probably and, and for I, numbers like that. I don't well, know what the numbers are. And I would say, even if you're the most cynical person in the world, which I tend to be often, what do you do if you have a product like the WNBA? Mm -hmm. They've packaged that with the NBA rights since for years and said the WNBA rights come. If you buy the NBA rights, you also have to air WNBA games. Well, did they do that because they love women? I'm sure there are people in that organization who feel obligated to help grow the game of women's sports and are doing it for honest reasons. There are also people who are saying, hey, we have a product that isn't washed as much as the other product. We want to get more people to like that product. Let's throw it in as a freebie. Yeah. And eventually, down the road, we'll ask people to pay for it, but not now. Probably FIFA did that with the Women's World Cup rights for many, many years. They are now reaching that point, WNBA is too, where they're splitting those rights and saying now this is separate or this is now you have to pay extra if you want this. For all those years, we didn't have to pay for it. Right. So now you are probably going through some TV executives saying, hold on, this was a freebie before we had our money set up on how we were going to do this. Mm -hmm. Now you're saying we have to pay more for it. Well, wait a second. It was valuable to us because it was cheap and we could sell ads on it. Now we've got to sell. We already sold a lot of our ads for this at that price point. The fact this is two months beforehand and this is getting thrown out seems like dirty pool to me from FIFA a little bit to say we Shy. really aren't getting right. So I just I'm trying to be as clear as I can on that. I feel like FIFA probably isn't getting the number that the Women's World Cup deserves. I don't think it's because they are just they were sitting around on Women's International Women's Day and going, you know, damn it, we got to take a stand like they they're they're well, doing they, this. They would tell you that they're doing. I that, know they though. would. That's of course what they say, because that's what they always do when they say anything about Well, we had to put this. The reason they put it, the the World Cup in Qatar was not because they got paid under the table illegally like we all found out they did. No, they said, we're trying to grow the game in a, in a spot where it's not as popular as it should be. So they used that cover of a noble goal, which I think most soccer fans would say, sure, growing the game in parts of the world where it's not as popular, awesome. that's awesome. But you're doing it to get more money. You're not doing it because you love... Like, the way FIFA could help with the Women's World Cup is to say, uh, we will... We want these bids two years ahead of time next time, and the number has to be this. Yeah. And if not, then we will we will have to come up with other solutions. But in the meantime, we'll subsidize it, subsidize this because it's so important for us to have the women's game on because the women deserve the same coverage as the men. They deserve to be covered in the same way. Yeah. And we will do it if nothing else. We'll put it on for free. We're FIFA. We can afford to do that. 
that's what they if they genuinely just cared about women, that's what they would do. That's not what this is. Well, and the women's game is growing so much, and I saw this. It was I think ten years ago where Wolfsburg and Arsenal were playing uh, in a I don't know if it was a friendly back in the day or if it was a cup semifinal, but I saw that there was fifteen hundred people in attendance of this ten years ago. Bone, congratulations, Arsenal fans, because you sold out the Emirates at sixty thousand people for a women's european semi-cup final tie unbelievable that's all it was it's fantastic awesome. and that's by the way that's not the only stadium in europe where that's happening right i've seen i've seen yep. from spain i've seen other reports and other you know different places germany obviously like you just mentioned wolfsburg like mm-hmm. there are plenty of women's teams that are in that spot where they're starting to sell out not quite the same numbers as the men but they're getting there on it's, their day and it's terrific yeah and it will continue as long as Everyone doesn't lose their minds over this Women's World Cup and suddenly not have it on in Europe. That would be that would set the sport back by 10, 20 years easily. Probably more than that. All right, that's it for us. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Thanks to our producer, Bodie Wells, who always does a great job putting this together. We will see you next time on Bone and Beam United. Take care.